In this episode, we head out to Stones River National Battlefield in Tennessee. I'm Jesse, And I'm Tessa. And this is October Tales with Tame and Unruly. So in this episode, I'm so excited to be going back down to Stones River National Park here in Tennessee. I don't, I don't know what this is. You are gonna, you are gonna remember this. You're gonna remember this. You're trip. like you're looking at me like I should know, you're and I don't know. know. Oh you're my. gonna know. You're gonna know. I know. I know what it Go is. Go away! Get out of here! You're so creepy. <laughs> so, um, Stones River National Battlefield here in Tennessee is a 570-acre park out in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and it was established in 1927 as an as a national park. And I love natural. It's parks. part of the American Civil War, and um, the time that the this it was a Union victory, and the time that this uh, took place was December thirty first, eighteen sixty two, to January second of eighteen sixty three. It is one of the uh, heaviest fightings of the American Civil War, wow. and it was one of the bloodiest battles. I believe the only battle that was more bloody than this was Gettysburg. So I'm thinking I might. I, I know, know that you're going to know this, and because I'm going to tell a story about one specific person, and you're just going to light up when I get to it. But right now, I'm, I'm gonna, looking at her. I'm trying to figure it out in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> tell me your secrets. So, um, this this battle happened. I'm um, starting on December 31st of 1862, and there is. Um, it, it went until January the 3rd, 1863. The Confederate Army finally retreated in the Union Army and marched into Murfreesboro, and they declared victory. Those are like the chilliest times to be fighting. It is, and it was snow-covered. And they they call it Hell's Half Acre, and at one area is called Hell's Half Acre because 280 went in, and only 58 people came out. Jeez. And at the end of this war... 3,000 men laid dead on the field. Wow. 16,000 are wounded. And some spent seven days on the battlefield just waiting for help for them wow. to carnage through who was dead and who was alive. Oh, that's awful. I can't even imagine waiting for seven days. In the end, the two armies, the Confederate Army and the Union Army, sustained 24,000 casualties. Um, 81,000 had gone in. So that's like a third of the people who had gone into fight had perished in this. Gosh. Yeah. And um, this one has, this is probably just um, with that many people passing, you, you can't help it to be haunted. There's so many. Well, yeah. And in such traumatic ways. I mean, it's war, you know. Yeah. And we're going to get into one of those really traumatic <laughs> ways in a minute. But um there's so many stories that people have. The park rangers have stories. They do reenactments here. Reenactors have stories. And if you believe in, you know, like ghosts and everything, you know, reenactments kind of keep it like alive. Kind of so that alive. keeps it, the activity going. So people see orbs. They see um, people on uh, shooting. They've talked. Uh, there was this one who was a park ranger who also participated in being a reenactor. Okay. And um, he had gone into the park, um, the little park, uh, the bathroom area there that they have. Oh, like the, the visitor center? Like the, the visitor center to get some of the things for the reenactment. Mm -hmm. When he came back out, there was this guy standing behind a tree. He thought it was another reenactor. And the guy started walking toward him with his gun pointed at him. Oh, God. And he was like, whoa, 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 like, you know, what's going on? And then the guy 
vanished. Oh, stop it. I have chills. I have chills. I would have peed. I would have peed. I'd just be like, I'm going home. And you can have fun without me. People hear and then Keenum's going off. They see people. This is ongoing any time of the year. Everybody loves to go there in October just for the fact that they they want to catch something spooky. They do say that the most activity is seen um, during the time of the battle. So if you go in from December the 31st until January the 2nd is when they do have the most sightings of of the paranormal during that time. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense because it's kind of reliving those days. Some of the men that were there were from um, Chicago and the area that was the most... um, the most killed people. They said that there was the snow, there was blood everywhere. Oh God. And the soldiers recalled that the carnage looked like the slaughter pens in the stockyard at, uh, of Chicago because the blood was covering the snow covered field and the name kind of stuck. So it's now known as the slaughter pen. And so the slaughter oh, pen God. is one of the, it's on stop four. If you're following the map there, mm-hmm. it's stop four. Um, it's, it's the most haunted out of all of it i can't even imagine i'm so glad i didn't sign up for the military yeah so um hazen brigade monument and it's it's this beautiful monument that's out there i have pictures of it we're gonna post it on our instagram today for you guys to see you're gonna you can take a look so beautiful and it's the oldest surviving american civil war monument standing in its original location wow that's impressive yeah and for those of you you know we've been to a many a mini, and we're going to talk They're about everywhere. many civil civil war in this 30 days that we're here. We are going to touch Gettysburg. I believe that we have an episode about um, Bull Run. So, I mean, yes, just kind of because we've we've been to them all. We've seen and there was even the um, the Civil War place um, up toward uh uh, Cairo or Cairo, however you want to, however you pronounce it. Oh yeah, um, in Illinois. In Illinois, so the the Civil War activity through the South is um, not erotic, but I mean it's everywhere. It's, yeah, you know, um, the, the, there's the 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 there on the river in Nashville is uh, the fort that's there. So, mm-hmm. and there were forts set up everywhere. There was a fort in Hartford. And if there wasn't like a battle there, you know, there are a lot of places where soldiers occupied people's houses yeah. and they died there. So, I mean, I mean, the history is everywhere. And one of the, one of the places that I follow is civil war trails on Instagram. Oh yeah. So check yeah. them out. And they, they have, they have a lot of really great things. And fun facts, yeah, reenactments, events. Really, really great things for yeah. you to follow. If you are American civil war, um, fanatic, yeah. you know, even if not, it's really great history. And some of these places are just completely gorgeous. Just the landscape itself. Yeah. A lot of beautiful nature out there, especially because, you know, it is a battlefield. So they're not building things on top of it. usually. So I'm going to ask you how to, how do you pronounce this last name? I'm going to go with Garisi. Is that an E? That's G-A-R-E-S-E-H and an E with a little hyphen on it. Uh, I'm going to go with Greasy. We probably should have looked this up beforehand. But his yeah, that's name something is... we can do is look up pronunciations because <laughs> that's the one thing we struggle with. Totally struggle with the pronunciation of names. And so we apologize in advance if this is incorrect. His name is Lieutenant Colonel Julius P. Greasy. 
Let's just call him, you know, we're going to call him Lieutenant Colonel. Lieutenant Curlier. There we go. And so he was a very fascinating person. He went to West Point. He. um, Oh, this is a military academy, right? Yeah, Yeah, military academy. He had family that um, lived in the South and he had family that lived in the North. So Mm -hmm. he was part of a split family. Oh, there was a lot of that. Joining the Union Army was against um, the majority of his family. Um, his brother was a Catholic priest and, um, his brother, his brother's name was father Frederick. And, uh, he warned his brother, um, that he would be killed if he enlisted. Oh, wow. And so he had, you know, you know, gave this foreboding of don't enlist and um, something bad happens. I just know it. Um, mm-hmm. like you had a really bad feeling about yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know if he had a bad feeling if it was prophetic. And he did um, oh, yeah, survive a couple of near-death encounters in his life. Like mm-hmm. he almost got hit by a train once. Oh my gosh! A couple of other things surrounding him. I know that he he had done a lot of work with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, very big on praying and his religion. Uh, he was named Knight of Saint Sylvester by Pope Pius uh, the Ninth. Ivy. That's IX. IX. X is 10. 10 so, so the 11th. No, because well, yeah, the so I the would be afterwards. Yeah. So um, there's also an article written about him called The Strange Death of uh, Julius Garshi. Is that Garishi? Garishi. The Lieutenant Colonel. The Lieutenant Colonel. And so um, he, um, he was, he was, he joined, he was named uh, the chief of staff for General uh, Rosencrans. Oh, wow. And he was part of the Army of the Cumberland. And as they approached the battlefield that day in December, um, December the, the 31st, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he had all this foreboding before him by his brother. He decided to get off his horse and he would pray beforehand. Uh-huh. And um, when he got back up on his horse, he was riding next to the general and a cannonball was shot uh-huh. and knocked his head off. Wow. That was pretty instantaneous there. Like he just got there. And his horse rode on for 20 yards without with him on there with no head before his body fell off next to the train tracks. The general was covered in his his head and his brain and all that matter. My God. So later the general um, had said that he believed that, um, that Julius Lieutenant Colonel Julius was um, a Christ Christ like sacrifice to the battle to help them win. Wow. To help the union army win. So, Jeez, um, <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me like like oh we got there and things were fine. No, his head was blown off his by a cannon. That's so crazy. His horse was white, and um, his headless body is uh, is buried at Mount Olive Cemetery in uh, Washington D.C. Wow. So a cannonball just took his whole head off, and wow. so I didn't um, know that cannonballs could decapitate you. I guess it makes sense because it's coming at you so quickly. His head straight on and just completely decapitated him. So he is known as um, the Headless Horseman. Wow. You know, I was wondering if that's where this was going. Yeah. Okay. So people do see him. There is a marker near the railroad track where his body finally fell off of the horse. Uh But people do see a headless 
man on a horse. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if Mm -hmm. a spirit's going to reenact a trauma, I would say that's a pretty decent one to be doing. That's (laughs) the big contender there. Wow. So it said that, you know, this is where the stories of the headless horseman comes from. He's the real headless horseman. So people do see the white horse with him in his suit and with no head riding the horse. And and he did for 20 yards, some 20, 20 yards. He was on, he stayed on the horse until his body finally collapsed off. Wow. Yeah. And the general said, you know, he, he immediately went to him and his, his hands and everything were still still warm yeah dang talk about hitting me hard with the story i was not <laughs> expecting that so um soldiers in uniforms from both sides are seen and um, they see they hear gunshots are mm-hmm. heard and um, home sweet home uh, being played by both sounds of two different areas so as to be played from the union and the Confederate army uh-huh. uh confederate army played they hear it in two different locations wow and people have noticed cool spots on the battlefield in the hot tennessee heat they'll be like it's like 30 degrees right here where i'm standing but it's 100 oh, degrees out here yeah it gets so hot here that's got to be paranormal because like oh well i mean and if you're in tennessee i mean that's probably in almost a relief I mean, you're gonna notice yeah. it because if you're out on that battlefield, if you've never been to Tennessee, it, it's a wet haunt and it is it, just, uh, it's, it's muggy and it's sticky. So if you're going from a hundred degrees to even, you know, 70 degrees, you're going to instantly notice You're going to be it. like, wow, it's so nice. Yeah, it's so nice. Jeez. So people do, um, notice do notice spots. these yeah. cold spots all, all around. cold spots, not hot spots. So, um... I didn't, I don't know if you know, but there was some over a thousand women who had joined in on the American um, Civil War. And um, it was back then, it was really easy for women to do this because we really didn't have identification like uh, we do today. We didn't have driver's license. We didn't have social security cards. Mm-hmm. So all a woman had to do to pretend to be a man was to cut off her hair. This is the story and... that I know. <laughs> and... All right. I'll try not to give anything away before you've said it, but I am excited. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would be. I knew you would be. Um, And Cecily knows because she and I already talked about it. So Ah, um, so I'm just the one being filled in now. She was was in here when I was doing my research. So the women would simply cut their hair off. Like this is my favorite story. It really is. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm so excited. We're going to stop the podcast and just let you talk for a second about how much you love this story. I really love this story. (laughs) Like they told it to me. I'm just like, ah, like the imagery of what you're going to say, just the the thing. And I'm like, ah, I'm just, wow. I'm glad that you're excited. Yes. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So the some thousand women that would join the war efforts and um, on both sides, they, they joined them in the Confederate and the Union Army. A lot of them are really famous. And we know about a woman who was um, with the Confederate Army turned spy for the Union Army, mm-hmm. uh, dressed like a man. So they would just simply put on men's clothing. Oh my God, pants can't be a woman. And cut their hair off. And that's literally all that they did. And, and they would give a false name. And so they would give a male name. Like and that, that's, Yeah, basically. And that's I all I am Joe. That's, that's <laughs> With it. my pants and my short hair. And if they were discovered, they were either sent home or they were um, captured and uh, charged with crimes. 
for impersonating men. Oh, yeah, because that was that was illegal, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And so one of the ones that I'm going to talk about is a, it's, it's an infamous story. Mm -hmm. And her name was Frances Lewis Clayton, better known as Jack Williams. And so um, Frances um, was married to her hus husband. There's a couple of different names that he's referred to. It's either uh, John Clayton or Elman Clay Elmer Clayton. So I don't know if he, if it was like a first and middle name. Um, like John Elmer or Elmer John? Or... Yeah, but I've seen okay. uh, in stories that he's either called John Clayton or Elmer Clayton. He's referred to as both, and I'm not real, real sure why. Maybe it was Elmer and he went by John, like a nickname? I don't know, because there's I don't know. so many variations of, of what they called and people everybody was named John. Everybody was named John. So, and her and her husband, they lived in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Um, in Minnesota. And they, um, they enlisted in Missouri. And her husband helped her hide her identity of who she was. Fabulous. And so for... We love a supportive guy out there. For 22 months, and they fought side by side. And... Talk about a love story. What yeah. you doing? Going off to war together. Yeah. Let's do it. And... So uh, for, for 22 months after they enlisted, they fought side by side. And of course that ended when they reached Stone's battlefield. And um, they get out onto the field and mm -hmm. um, they were both on the front lines because they are assumed to be men. Mm -hmm. And um, Francis, um, was his name Francis? What did I say Francis? Oh, Francis, that's the woman. Yeah, the she's Francis. He's Elmer John. He's Elmer John. So John, as the battle starts, they're at the front line. They're they, getting ready. It's getting going. It's it's hot. It's they're shooting. There's they're going on. The battle's happening. He gets hit from a bullet, and he dies <gasps> because of the ensuing battle. She had to literally step over her husband, who had just died in front of her, and continue, and continue the fight. to fight. What a freaking boss. So she stepped over her husband's corpse. She was able to keep it together and continue enough to, to fight. step over him and keep fighting. Because I mean, like, if she had broken down right there, she would have died. Right. You know? Gosh. After um after this, she reported her deception. Mm -hmm. After this battle ended, she went and reported her deception because her husband now has right. died. And um, she was discharged from the army. I'm glad they just discharged her. Um, even though she was shot three times during the 18 battles that she fought in, her identity was never revealed until she revealed it. Now, wow. it could have been that they knew and they chose to overlook it because they, they did need the people. Yeah, they're like, well, was there. she's there, he's there, and we're good. We don't need to lose both of them. So she did go on to, um, once she got discharged, she did take photos of herself in her union which we've seen army clothes pretty freaking and, cool and um, you can see those at you can you can just look up her name and see those mm -hmm. so those will be like living in infamy and she did that in 1865 she did take those photos and for everybody to see but she her was one of look. one of many women who and um, who served in that war so impressive like to feel so passionately about you know helping in the war or you know fighting for your cause that you're gonna go undercover as a man well not only that like when her husband died she really had no choice it was either shoot or be shot you know yeah, so yeah. it's not a matter of, of weakness when it comes to women and you know they have said that it's not the women that are the problem 
uh, with women being on the front line is that the men are the problem, that the men are unable that to, if a woman gets injured, a man will stop. If a man gets in, injured, a woman will continue. A on. woman will continue on, wow. which makes sense. But um, yeah. you know, we're we're not here to argue or debate that today. We're not going into stuff. We're, we're just, just saying, saying she's cool. She did this. And, she did the thing. And there was a lot of you know things behind it where people were like, "Oh, she's just doing this for fame and fortune," and and. I mean, and it, I hope that that's not true because that would just be horrific because this uh, this battle was so deadly and so many yeah. people did perish and lose their loved ones. There is a grave, um, there is um, grave uh, grave site there next to the the Hazen Brigade Monument. Mm -hmm. It stands there in the middle of that graveyard. Mm -hmm. A lot of those do say unknown soldier because wow. they don't know. Don't, they don't know who they don't know who they are. Yeah. And um, because in, in some of these cases they were just pieces of people and mm -hmm. um, like with our headless horsemen. So yeah. stone Was this after the headless horsemen? Yeah, yeah. So okay, the headless okay. horsemen was at the start, the very start. Okay. And then the battle ensued. She was in a different area mm -hmm. and they went for because this lasted for three days. So they were on gotcha. the front line. This was on day one that wow. her her husband was killed and she had to step over him. So she continued to fight until the Union Army won that battle. And then, and then once they won, she went and turned herself in uh, wow. and said, I have been, my husband was just killed and I have been here fighting for these last three days. And they just discharged her and she never received pension for herself or her husband. That's lame. Well, and that could have been like part of their punishment. And yeah. Being yeah. like, well, you know, we're not going to murder you, but you're yeah, going to charge you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's wow. that. Yeah. Yeah. So head out to Stones River National Battlefield in Tennessee this October, or, you know, go out there on December 31st and let us know what you see. We would yeah. love to know and if hear you see. And feel. <laughs> we would love to know if you see or hear anything. Uh, send photos. Let us know if you see my girl. Yeah. A very, very interesting story. And uh, if you have anything to add to it, always let us know. And uh, now you know what we know. Now you know what we know. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Bye.